I've noticed in the classroom that the male students aren't talking over the female students as much as they used to, um, that they're happy to be study partners with women, that they do collaborations together. I see them socializing outside of class, and I see them talking during class about the work they're doing. So that's very positive. This is Sounds of Berkeley. I'm Kim Ashton. When Lucy Holstead came to Berkeley as a student in 1985, she joined a tiny minority of women studying at the college. At the time, only about 15% of the student body was female. After graduating, she joined the faculty and over the years noticed that women weren't getting much of a chance to lead concerts. This inspired her and staff member Jane Stahoviak to create the Women Musicians Network, a club that holds an annual concert at the Berkeley Performance Center that showcases women musicians and composers. The group's next concert, on November 8th, will be its 22nd. The event will be directed by Holstedt, who's now a professor in the Harmony Department, and Christiane Karam, an associate professor in the Voice Department, and the group's co-director. Lucy Holstedt, welcome to Sounds of Berkeley. Hi, Kim. It's nice to be here. As I said in the intro, you came to Berkeley as a student in 1985, and you said that sometimes you were the only woman in class. What was that like? Well, often there was one other woman. And usually, we'd become study partners and support each other. We worked for the respect and recognition that we eventually were able to gain. You had to be the best mm-hmm. and had to present yourself in the best light and make sure everything was correct on time, that you asked for help when you needed it, that you were there when someone needed someone to play the piano or write a score. Most of my teachers were really great, very inclusive, although um, we didn't use the word back then. And a lot of them became my much-loved colleagues when I became a faculty member about three years later. But at the time, there were also some very sexist remarks that were made in class and um, better attention paid to the guys. I already had a college degree, and I had a lot of work experience Um, playing piano in piano bars and clubs and things like that. So I had already been kind of fighting that battle (laughs) for many years. So I don't think I personally encountered the trouble that maybe some of the younger students or less experienced women students may have encountered. So you were hired as an ear training teacher right after you graduated Berkeley in 1988, and then you founded the Women Musicians Network. Um, What inspired you to start this club, and what were your goals with it? Those are great questions. (laughs) I started in 1990 as coordinator of the College Diversity Committee, and Jane Stahoviak was also on the committee. She was the chair. And one year she had a chance to present a night of anything she wanted at the Berkeley Performance Center, and it was in the first week of March, which is Women's History Month. So she brought a bunch of students, women students, who had already done a very successful cafeteria show. We called it the CAF back then. And she brought them on stage for that concert. She needed to have another advisor for it, and so we were co-advisors and remained so for many years. After a couple of years, we chose the name Women Musicians Network. And also at that time, we started widening our search for diverse talent across the college. 
at first, uh, these in the second year, I should say, these students asked their friends, and we realized that cronyism isn't the way to go, <laughs> even if they were already great and they were already women. So we made sure that every woman on campus felt welcome to be part of the show. Why do you think it was important that women had their own showcase? Well, they were unrepresented, uh, underrepresented, I should say. So they were underrepresented. Women, once again, were not getting the kind of recognition and respect that I hope they're getting now. And it's always a competitive process to get any performance space. And the women's bands were not as successful as the men's bands in getting the performance space. Why do you think that was? Well, there were fewer of them, but also perhaps current attitudes about women and their capabilities. I can only guess because I wasn't one of the people making those decisions. <laughs> so the club puts on the concert every year. What other activities is the club involved in? Well, often we'll bring a speaker on some important topic like women in business or women in film. Um, sometimes we'll go to an event together or we'll jam set, have a jam session together or the um, older students will help the younger students with homework or projects. But also um, the, this event is really the biggest thing that the club does. But now that we do, we started out in the spring, and now we have fall concerts. Um, November 8th is our concert this year. Mm -hmm. And so in the spring, we do those other activities. And we go to each other's gigs and generally support each other. Uh, in terms of the concert, it's important not to stop the effort. We're striving for equal recognition. We're striving for respect. And given the current political climate, um, this is pretty clear that this is important not to stop. Um, two years ago, our concert was the night after the election. And as you know, many, many women were devastated by the results of that. Well, we went on and through the tears and <laughs> And the fears we put on our concert, which we'd been working on all semester. And I had so many reports from women who listened and participated to the con in the concert that it was uplifting and reaffirming and inspiring. And so that made me feel really good that we were doing the right thing and we won't stop. And um, around election time, the midterm time this year, you will be uh, having your next concert. Yes. Can you tell me a little bit about that concert, what, what to expect? Oh, yes. Well, you can, first of all, expect an exciting, high-powered, high-quality, and eclectic show. We, the acts depend on who applies for the show, and we always have a wide variety from jazz, world, pop, you name it. Um, but we also have a very special guest this year, Elaine Fong, who started Odaiko New England, which is a taiko drumming school and concert series. And she is going to be teaching some of our students how to play taiko drums. 
And then she's actually going to be at a workshop, which is on November, I believe it's November 4th, the Sunday before our show, which is going to be open to the whole Berkeley community. So that's from 12 to 4 that day um, at the loft so that everybody can know about taiko drumming. And uh, then she's going to be one of the big acts in our show. And we're really excited because not only is she a successful female musician, she's a successful female percussionist, which is unusual, and an entrepreneur because she started Odaiko New England. The workshop will be open to the Berkeley community. Yes. But the concert, from what I understand, is open to the community at large. Yes, including the world because it's live streaming. (laughs) And one nice thing that we always do because we're given a few free tickets, we give some of these tickets to Fenway Health. We give other ones to the Cambridge Mayor's Office. And from there, they're given to many people who otherwise wouldn't think of treating themselves to such a wonderful concert. We always hear back that they're very uplifted by it. Can men perform in this concert? Men do perform in this concert. (laughs) Um, It's a concert to feature the compositions and arrangements and the production skills of women at Berkeley. But we have many men who are playing instruments or singing in the concert. The purpose of the concert wasn't to increase the number of women. It was to feature women and their achievements. And... um, We've seen a positive effect from that. Uh, A few years ago, one of my male students who was a guitarist said, I saw the show. I love it. I want to be in the show. I said, you can. (laughs) And um, I've noticed also that my students say it's, it's really different working with a band that's mostly women, the kind of communication, the harmony Um, The collaboration, the cooperation is different. Um, But also, increasingly, we find the men who are participating in this are so respectful of the women they're playing with or the women leaders and very grateful to be in the show. And that warms my heart to see that our message is spreading of uh, cooperation and collaboration. Any society is better if women are not second-class citizens. Mm -hmm. Also, I want to point out that nowadays we say this is for females and female-identifying students, and I think that's very important to say. How can people find out more about your organization or get involved in some way? Well, we have a wonderful new website that my students just produced. It's berkeleywomen.com. Org. So they can go to that. Um, they can also email me, L. Holstead at Berkeley, and or they can email the club at berkeleywmn at gmail. Well, Lucy Holstead, thanks so much for joining me today on Sounds of Berkeley. Thank you very much. For tickets to the November 8th show, visit berkeley.edu slash bpc. For more information about the workshop, see berkeley.edu slash events. And for more information about Odaiko New England, go to onetaiko, that's O-N-E-T-A-I-K-O dot org. This episode of Sounds of Berkeley was recorded at the Berkeley Internet Radio Network Studios and engineered by Tony Brown. I'm Kim Ashton for Sounds of Berkeley.